Welcome to Finding Balance with Dorianne, Journey 365, where every week we go through 12 areas of our lives to see how we can find balance. <laughs> um, my name is Dorianne, I am your host, and I am here to help guide you along the process of finding balance within your life. And there's a lot of different things that we can talk about. Um, if you are interested in getting a hold of me, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Balance Dorian, D O R I A N N. Um, you can also find me at my website, which is www.balancedory.com, D O R I, and or you can find me via email at Mind Body Soul LLC at Yahoo.com. <clears throat> so, when I started this podcast back in January, I'd been thinking about it a long time and I wanted to make, you know, it be a progressive every week. We work on different goals and different things, and I wanted it to be interactive with people, but, um, People are super busy, and they may be able to have time to listen to my podcast, but they may not have time to contact me, which I completely understand. They're busy. They have lives going on. Everything's crazy right now. Um, you know, in the state of Minnesota where we live, or I live, um, you know, it's it's cold. Um, you know, January is an awesome, I feel like January is a good month because it's like the beginning of the year. Everybody has all these goals. They have all these ideas of what they're going to do and they you know you get into the beginning of the year and you go 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 and like by week three you are like whoa <laughs> I am so struggling right now um I'm not able to keep up with my goals I feel terrible it's cold outside I don't want to do anything I'm not eating the way I should I'm not exercising the way I should I'm not staying organized the way I should and then we just go through this like snowball of emotions as we're trying to figure out what we want to do. And the truth is, in the state of Minnesota, they call it flu season um, in, you know, the winter because we don't have a lot of sunlight, so we don't get as much vitamin D, and so everybody's a little bit more prone to be getting sick, me included. Um, I've worked really hard to try and... Um, you know, do healthy, natural things, but I'll admit that I, I mean, I have a thyroid issue, so I have a hard time keeping up energetically speaking, and I really need to make sure that I'm making really good balanced decisions in my life, and when, and there's many stresses that come up in your life that you can't control, so it's, you can be keeping a balance for the most part, but then there can be something that comes up that you just were not planning on, and it becomes this huge thing that keeps you kind of busy, and you aren't able to, 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 to keep the balance, and that is exactly what happened to me this year, so I have a beautiful, wonderful Actually, I have two beautiful, wonderful, amazing sons. Um, one is six, and one is one. And um, they are both adopted, but they're both my sons, and they are going to always be my sons. And so, um, if 
I haven't said this before, I probably have, but I have um, a plethora of food and environmental allergies that I struggle with on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I'm in a pretty good spot right now where I'm not really feeling like I'm dealing with a lot of allergic issues. My body's pretty healthy, so I'm not having a ton of that. Um, But what I noticed in my one-year-old, when he was about probably like two months after he turned one, he started getting what the eczema is what people call it behind his legs like I have. And um, so he was already, he has a dairy allergy, so he was already not eating dairy. So I was like, all right, well, you know, I had decided that he should be able to have gluten um, at a younger age because maybe I was hoping he wouldn't have an allergy to it. And since we aren't um, biologically related in that way, I just didn't think that he would have any trouble with gluten so I was like all right we'll have some gluten so the first thing I did is I removed gluten because clearly gluten is one of my biggest um, struggles with my eczema and my allergies that I have and so I was you know I thought oh we'll remove we'll remove gluten from his diet and he'll have be gluten and dairy free and you know it'll it'll clear up but the thing is what happened was it continued to get worse and I was like what is going on so then I removed all grains from his diet because I was like what is happening here and it wasn't just a rash he was having some other um, GI issues that were going on and he wasn't really growing much and he he wasn't meeting the milestones like I had anticipated that he would and so I was I was getting concerned so I started I you know I put him on an anti-inflammatory diet and I you know I removed like any sort of like sugar I started just remove fruit entirely from his his diet I other than I was giving him avocados and I was trying to you know get him a lot of healthy fats into his diet and I was giving him more proteins because I wasn't able I was removing other things from his diet but what was happening is he continued to get worse he continued um to have the skin issues you know it started it was all over his body he was having trouble sleeping it was um just was like this snowball effect of everything was happening and I hadn't yet gotten the device that I got back in January that I use in my it's called an EDS machine that I use for my health coaching clients I hadn't gotten it yet because I was waiting till the first of the year and so when the first and so when it came I didn't really I was still trying to figure out how it worked and I was wasn't really sure what to do and he was in so much pain in the middle of the night and we were just not sleeping because he was up and you're trying to console him and um, it was really difficult for me and so you know one night I just said you know that's it we're we're taking him to the doctor we're gonna have them do some allergy testing we're gonna figure out what it is that's bothering his body and we are going to remove it because I cannot (laughs) watch this anymore I've done everything that I know to do and it's not working so my husband took my son to the doctor the next day and they did some tests some allergy tests and um, you know did a CBC and did all these different things for him to like try and get the answers and when everything came back um, you know there wasn't a whole lot of information that came back in the, in the, the testing that they did which was kind of a bummer but but what did come back is that um, he had low protein in his blood, which we didn't really understand why that would be, considering he was on a high protein diet. Because 
I, though I am a health coach and I understand diets and all different um, scenarios, I, I'm not, and I do have a medical background in the sense of dentistry, but I do not know a lot about CBCs and what the different, pro, you know, what the different things that they're testing for and what they mean. So, like, you're going to find, you're finding me Googling everything that came back at me for information because I'm like, what does this mean? okay, now that I know what this means, now what can I do to help and, and change these things? And so um, he ended up seeing a GI specialist and having an endoscope done. Um, you know, the GI specialist, he specializes in allergies. He, he was convinced that it was a food allergy um, issue and that he would, by going in and doing this procedure, he would get the answers that he, you know, we needed. And unfortunately that wasn't the case um, but what we did find out through that process is that his GI tract though a slightly inflamed was not looking as bad as we would have thought from what he looked like on the outside of his body and so we are you know the quest continued so that was like I got that call on a Monday and it was, it's frustrating because you you spend this time, you spend all this money thinking that this is going to be the answer to your um, your problems, to what's going on, and you know you're going to have the answers, and uh, you didn't get any answers, and so that that night was kind of the breaking point for me um, as a mother um, to my child because it, in the middle of the night he was up in pain, he was crying, he was screaming, we were doing whatever we could to try and like calm him down and trying to keep him comfortable and it was really um, a painful painful process for us so um, so so we decided that we would put him on this EDS machine I, he doesn't particularly enjoy it's, it's just headphones that go over his ears it's not invasive he didn't you know have to be put under like he did for the endoscope he didn't need to have blood drawn from his arms like he did for the allergy testing so it was really pretty much it's a really benign test but he just doesn't want to sit still and put those headphones on his head and so at that point we were like you know what we're putting the headphones on his head we're, we're gonna figure out what's going on because I can't the doctors aren't able to give me any information and I, we cannot keep going like this at night. He cannot, this poor kid is in so much pain, we can't keep going like this. It just, it just can't be done. So we put him on the machine, and, um, you know, my husband and I did the best we could to, like, distract him while he was on the machine, and, you know, he actually did pretty well. He, it was almost like he, he was like, just figure out what it is, and please change it, because I am in so much pain. And so what we found out is he was, um, at this point, and I, and I think things change depending on the health of where your body is health-wise, but, like, he was um, reacting to pork and chicken and eggs and, and turkey and um, glycerin, in, which is, like, a vegetable glycerin, so that's, you know, you're going to find that in any, like, lotions particularly natural lotions you're gonna find that in natural laundry detergents you're gonna find that in your natural toothpaste you're gonna find that in a lot of things and so we didn't realize that 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 was an issue for him and it happened to be in all of his things <coughs> excuse me speaking of balance and getting sick that would be me being out of balance with everything that was going on with with him and so I um so I got this list and there was a list of like 50 things that were causing a problem for him that came up and it was like 
a lot of it, you know, it's all chemical names. So, like, I don't necessarily, you know, I see the word and it's like this chemical compound. And I had to, I had to Google, what is this, you know, so I got this list of 50 allergens that were, were bothering him. And so after we did that, um, the testing where we got the list, then um, I let him get off the machine. We, you know, we got him to fall back asleep. And I spent from 2 o'clock in the morning, which was like in the middle of the week, it was like a Tuesday night. And I spent from 2 o'clock in the morning until, you know, time to get up for the day for work, um, researching every chemical on that list. Um, or food or, you know, because it'll say, it says glare food. And I'm like, what's a glare food? I don't know what that means. So, you know, I looked it up. It's an egg white. So, okay, well, he's been eating a lot of eggs. So we cut out all of his protein because he was pretty much reacting to every protein that um, that was on the list. He was, he was, he couldn't do gluten. He couldn't do dairy. He's allergic to citrus. Um, he's allergic to rye. He's allergic to, I mean, the list was... I was like, what am I going to feed him? Um, and the, the number big, you know, the other big thing that I noticed was the glycerin, was, which was a big, big, big thing for me because then, then I'm looking in our products and it's like, it's in our laundry detergent, so it's on his skin all the time. And it's, even though it was a free and clear brand, it, uh, he just happens to, res- you know, have trouble with vegetable glycerin. And so we're like, okay, well, now we have to figure out a new laundry detergent we need to strip all of his clothes he was he's he has an allergy to polyester so then you know we're going through all of his clothes and we're looking for all cotton because he was allergic to fleece um polyester um pretty much every nylon he was allergic to every (laughs) every fabric except for cotton so we're looking through his clothes, trying, he was even allergic to um, different dyes in like black and green clothing. And so I'm removing black and green clothing, I'm removing anything that isn't um, cotton, I'm stripping them in the bathtub in warm water and uh, baking soda to get the laundry detergent out. I'm, you know, getting, I had a, 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 a friend um, who I know are from a group of natural-minded women whose child also had been through severe allergies that um, I had kind of reached out to the group in like sheer desperation <laughs> for help at that point that um, she uh, contacted me directly and she was like, hey, my son, or both my kids have been through this, you know, you should try um, soap nuts. And so she had a box, and she lives near me, so she she offered to, bo- to give me that, and that was so nice of her, and we've been using them, and it's been fabulous, and his skin is improving immensely from removing um, the different foods that his body wasn't able to handle, um, I, you know, and then there was uh, another lady who I got in contact with as well. She, her children have been through it as well, um, a little different um they had brought me into two different cycles of situation and I think actually both apply in our situation Um, one is um, autoimmune disease well eczema is an autoimmune disease Um, so that applied so she you know they she follows a certain dietary plan um, called AIP um, which is let's see here I want to make sure I tell you exactly what AIP is. So AIP is an um, autoimmune 
paleo diet. Um, so basically, it, it tends to stay away from carbohydrates, um, which makes sense because my son um, was having problems with carbohydrates. But what we didn't know um, was that he was having trouble with the proteins at that point. So then what comes into play is... Um, and this, you know, the autoimmune diseases can be many. So what I found, and I am an autoimmune kid or adult now, but I was an autoimmune kid, but they didn't have all the resources that we have now, is that pretty much any time a child presents or adult presents with eczema, it's actually a, a you know, it's, it's an allergic response to something. It's not necessarily food. It can be food. Um, and, and oftentimes it is food, but it can be like the glycerin in the laundry detergent. It can be um, allergens in the air. It can be, you know, so many different things. And um, when you go to the doctor, conventionally speaking, and this certainly happened to me as a child, is they will tell you that you need to, um, you know, they give you this this steroid cream to put on the skin to help it heal and you don't really get a lot of information about they don't do any research into why it happens because you tend to grow out of it is what they say so basically for however long because a lot of times with food allergies um, you're they, you know kids have them when they're younger as their bodies um, developing and then you tend to grow out of them supposedly you know um, or your body gets stronger. So there's different way, different things that you can call it, but um, one of the things that we talked about was, or I learned about, was F-Pies. And F-Pies is, um, basically F-Pies is a non-IgE uh, medicated immune re reaction in the gastrointestinal system to one or more specific foods commonly characterized by profuse vomiting and diarrhea. F-Pies is presumed to be called to be cell-mediated. Poor growth may occur with continual ingestion. Upon removing the problem foods, all F-Pies symptoms subside. So, um, F-Pies um, is definitely something that comes to mind. Um, I wouldn't say that my son was um, specifically, um, and basically what F-Pies means is food protein-induced endocolitis syndrome. So basically it's inflammation of your digestive tract because of not being able to digest protein. Which brings me back to my son, who was having, you know, bringing it up on my um, electrodermal screening machine. It brought up the fact that he wasn't able to digest proteins. Which, when we look back again at the blood work that was done on his CBC, you would know by the fact that he was on a high-protein diet and he had low protein in his blood, meaning his body wasn't able to um, digest that protein that was going into his body. So, it was, um, since his body wasn't able to metabolize it, it was trying to find different ways to come out of his body. And, and um, 
it was, you know, his kidneys and his liver just weren't able to do what it needed to do, so it started coming out of his skin. Um, our, our skin is an amazing, it's like the biggest organ in our body, which is absolutely fantastic, and it's our, kind of our secondary detox system. I mean, so, you know, when you sweat, like, <laughs> I'm not, I, I have an autoimmune disease, I've been through all of these, and I can't, and I'm guessing that I have some genetic mutations um, that cause it so that I don't have the ability to sweat very well. And um, I, for the people who can sweat like crazy, you are so lucky because <laughs> it keeps you so much healthier. Um, so I actually focus on trying to make sure that I get into a sauna or I work out hard enough that I really sweat to try and keep my my body healthy and keep myself detoxed from different things. Um, so his body was basically, you know, giving us signs that it wasn't able to metabolize the food that he needed it to be. And so we removed all of those different foods right away. But we weren't s really seeing, and we removed all of the chemicals and we did that, and we weren't really seeing any, you know, positive changes right away. It was actually feeling like it was still as bad or as what you know just as bad so what we ended up doing is doing a low food maps diet which is kind of like AIP uh, in a sense um, but the low food maps is basically foods that are least reactive foods and then when you're looking at low f um, the low food maps I mean there's low food maps in many different areas. I mean, you can have low food maps and grains and fruits and vegetables and proteins and dairy and all of these different things, but ultimately in the end, we knew we couldn't do dairy, we knew we couldn't do protein, we knew we couldn't do fruit. Um, or we had, we were doing just a little bit of fruit, but it was not working out well, GI speaking. So we removed the fruit and really, um, after learning more about food maps dieting, what I found is I decided to go, we, we decided that we're going straight vegetables and we were only doing low food map vegetables. But what we had to do is we had to start with one low fat, or sorry, not low fat, one low food map vegetable. And he had to eat that only for like days. Like you're supposed to go two weeks if you're going with the FIP, there are the F pies. Um, you're supposed to go two weeks consistently on one food. We weren't able to do that because he was getting too frustrated and um, we also were having trouble finding that particular food. Um, so what we did in the beginning of it, because it was just so incredibly difficult, um, you know, food, undigested food was coming out in his diapers, so we weren't sure um, what we were going to do. So what we put him, we put him back on purees, basically. Um, so we basically sent him right back down to, you know, four to six month um, age when they first started food. And what we ended up putting him on was pumpkin and spinach. And so all he ate was, for the first three days, was pumpkin and spinach organic baby pouches. And I am not one to go with um, processed food or packaged food I tend to make things myself but I was so exhausted and so tired and I you know if I make it there could be this the slightest difference and I'm sure maybe there is in their packets too but I feel like they're a little bit more consistent in exactly what is in nutrient wise in each packet so we went with those food packets for like three days and his 
his GI system uh, looked to be doing a whole lot better. Um, you know, his skin was looking a little bit better, but not a whole lot. But we were like, he wasn't sleeping better, but it seemed like we were kind of on the right track. But the problem was, we put him on that pumpkin and spinach food, but there wasn't really any... We bought out the last of the ones in the stores that we could find in the Twin Cities. And when he was c running low... I was trying to find, I mean, I was looking at all different food packets and different brands of organic food packets that only had vegetables. And of those vegetables, they needed to be low f food maps. And it was impossible, it was like almost impossible to find a, something that didn't have protein, it didn't have fruit, <laughs> and it didn't have grains. And it had to be just vegetables and in, in pouch form. And so I ended up finding some at um, Aldi had just come out with this, this butternut squash, straight butternut squash organic um, pouches. And I was like, all right, we were buying those because I knew that I wouldn't always be able to be around. And my husband, I love him, but he is not someone who can cook. So I wanted to make sure there was something simple and easy and available that my son could eat and my husband could give him without me having to cook up this huge amount of food and so and have it on hand because number one we were switching over food for my my son to this this new packet so I was afraid that he was going to have a reaction to the squash number one um, so I didn't it was like that catch-22 do I keep him on specifically the pouches for a long period of time and the thing is with Aldi or any stores they only keep a certain number of pouches on hand and so it was kind of this this thing like I, I remember walking into Aldi and I I found the butternut squash organic pouch and I was like all right and I like they had like 14 that's it they had 14 packets and my, my son's a year and a half years old you know he's small but he eats a lot and he was always eating a lot because it doesn't ever stay in him long enough for him to digest it so I was like all right I'm buying out all 14 and I went up to the desk and I was a front to to check out and I was like do you have any more of these and they're like well no but they're gonna see that we sold all of them and they'll send more on the truck tomorrow so I was like well I guess we'll have to come back and get more if this works out so I came home with them and uh, we switched over to this new food and we were taking pictures of every diaper that came out of it. And I mean, he's pooping seven, eight, nine times a day. It was absolutely painful um, as we were trying to get through this process. And what we found is he started pooping a little bit less. His, you know, his diapers were, um, you know, more of a solid um, when he was doing his number twos. Um, his, you know, his everything was starting to look better. So. Um, we stuck with the squash for another three days. Um, squash meaning packet-wise squash. Um, and then from there, well, actually I don't know that we did. Um, what we found is, because we put him back on the EDS machine, and we found that his potassium was really high. And, um, you know, when you're talking about um, you know, pumpkin or squash, it's really high in potassium. And so it was, and his um, kidneys function was kind of showing a little 
little stressed. And so I wanted to reduce the amount of potassium that was going into his body. So we chose to switch to cauliflower, which was actually a pretty, um, cauliflower isn't a low food map food. And I, that was me being tired and doing research and just looking for something that was good for your kidneys. And that was the first thing that I saw that I had in the house. Basically, I had a head of um, cauliflower in the house and I was like, all right, we are switching him to cauliflower. So I cooked up some cauliflower for him. And um, I think I had two heads of cauliflower in the house and I cooked up both heads of the cauliflower. And um, before all of our dietary changes, when you would give him cauliflower, <laughs> he would not eat it. It was like, I don't know what this is, but it is not good and I will not eat it. And uh, when we put the cauliflower in front of him the first time, and it was actually food because he'd been eating out of packets for about, you know, six days at that point, and he was like, there's real food in front of me. He ate that cauliflower like it was candy. He was just shoving it down his face so fast, and he was like, oh, this is amazing. This is food. Oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And so he ate all day long. He ate all his cauliflower, and he was so excited about it. And um, that after that day was when his um, his diapers got better. He was, you know, that was the most well-formed bowel movements he'd ever had. It was amazing. And it was really great because, um, because he had been on such a um, high, well, like beta-carotene diet because it was, you know, butternut squash and pumpkins, really orangey. Um, it gave us an opportunity to see exactly how long his his how long that food stayed inside of him because um, you could tell by the color of his VM um, what food was coming out so it was about that time it took about exactly 12 12 hours for from the beginning of him starting the cauliflower to when he had a cauliflower diaper. And so that was really awesome because before his diapers, when you would see food come through, you would see it coming through in less than six hours. And so you knew it wasn't getting digested. So we were pretty excited about that when that happened. I was super excited about that. Um, and we stuck with the cauliflower for that day, but he, after that day, he was like, I don't want any more cauliflower right now. Sorry, I don't. So we were able to introduce, I mean, at that point we didn't have, you know, I work during the week as a daycare provider, which means I'm not getting out of the house that much. And um, there was a lot of snow that week. My husband does snow removal, so he was busy working with that. And so I'm working, he's working, we're trying to figure it out. So we had um, sweet potatoes in the house. I, I buy lots of sweet potatoes. It's kind of the potato we go to most. I do have white potatoes or red potatoes too. Purple potatoes, different things, but I, I tend to stick to the sweet potatoes. And so we tried out the sweet potatoes and that worked out really well. And he he did sweet potatoes for uh, several days. and But um, I started just adding in um, other smaller nutrients that came up um, as things that he needed in his diet. Um, for instance, um, we added in, it's alfalfa kept coming up as something that he needed. So I bought some alfalfa and I mixed that in with his, um, you know, his squash or his sweet potatoes. 
um, I mix in um, olive oil and flaxseed um, to get his omega-3s and the olive oils for his healthy fats and so I was kind of starting to add different nutrients in, in spinach too and then parsley and different things over the last few um, months just to make sure that he's getting a little bit more nutrients than what was already um, that's just in the, the mainstay food that he's having and we are about three weeks into this this new new lifestyle for him and his skin is almost completely clear now I mean there are environmental things and what I noticed is I took my daycare kids on a field trip this week and of course he's in my daycare so he came with me on the field trip and um, he had a ton of fun but his skin um, did regress a little bit after that and that's simply because he's allergic to pretty much every chemical known to man I feel like um, like including products and different things so when we went and played in the play area they the carpet the cleaning supplies that they use to keep the, the toys clean and different things would be irritating to his skin and so then we kind of had a little regression there so we have to, it's kind of this process whereas if we can keep him and we keep trying to add foods one by one each week um, to try and like keep things interesting like we I added green beans this weekend and <laughs> it's so funny because he wouldn't eat green beans two months ago but when he got green beans like yeah, was it yesterday or the day before he just scarfed those things down like they were candy and it's 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 kind of like it's retraining his brain on what what tastes good um, and what's good for him and so um, I just found that really interesting so I guess my my point in talking about these different things is it's, I guess when when I started health coaching I mean there's a ton of different areas that I am familiar with I mean I'm familiar with TED diets versus total elimination diets um, I'm, I'm with hundreds of different dietary theories I'm familiar with but I wasn't um, and, and, and TED is very similar to the food maps or the AIP diets um, but those were things that in the last month and a half I have had to pour my brain into um, you know I've done anti-inflammatory diets I've all these different things I've worked with and I, I normally work with quite a few uh, modalities but the number one thing that I am so grateful for is this electrodermal screening device and I took my son in for his well well baby checkup this last week and you know I because I'm like trying to like figure out exactly how we're supposed to do things I really didn't get the answers I wanted through um, allopathic medicine or through um, the you know the medical profession and when I was talking to her and she's she's very open-minded about these different things and I was talking to his PA about it and you know her ultimately she said I know she says she sees this she understands this from um, a holistic perspective which she goes but she's not a holistic doctor you know she's in the medical profession you know 
she has blood tests available to her that are hi highly uh, not inaccurate but can be inaccurate and, and, and won't necessarily de depict or give the right information in the period of time in which you need it. And ultimately, she said there wasn't much that they can do for my son um, on a medical level. And that um, continuing down the path of holistic medicine or holistic uh, modalities is going to be his best bet. Um, you know, I, I talk a lot about um, the food changes, but he's also been seeing our chiropractor um, every other week. He's been seeing... Uh, a massage therapist doing some energy work with him every week to help kind of calm him down and relax him because he's kind of been living in this fight or flight modality right now because of you know just the, all the bombarding of the things that he couldn't eat and he couldn't do and he can't be and you know he's just super stressed out and um, you know just to help calm him down and um, that really helps like the first day that he did the calming work with our massage therapist he's kind of come up with a special um, sort of technique that he uses gentle energy work that he does and after he did the energy work with my son I kid you not that was the first he slept most of the night that was the first time in months that our son had slept through the that much through the night and it was like oh my gosh thank goodness that we have this now um, you know, we, we're getting some better sleep now, we're getting a better pattern, he has more foods to choose from, he's getting more nutrients that he's actually digesting, he's actually gained a pound in the last month, which is huge, because he was, you know, it's completely swayed the charts in regards to where he's at, um, it's miraculous difference with the change of this diet, and, um, I guess the reason that I wanted to bring it up today is I wanted to bring up the realization that there's a lot going on in our body, but if we aren't in a balanced place, we can't um, handle things. And, you know, the interesting thing is what I'm noticing with the scans that I'm doing on him is that the um, overall allergen list is decreasing, So, uh, which is good, which basically means his body is healing enough um, and calming enough that certain um, items that maybe were triggering him before are not triggering him anymore because he's not in such an acute reactive state, which is awesome. Um, so I wanted to bring that up because there's, I don't know, I feel like eczema is so common and like everybody knows somebody with eczema, they either have eczema themselves um, and food allergies are so common um, nowadays. And it seems like I, I wouldn't, I think people are just more aware. I think there's a lot more chemicals. I think there's a lot more exposure. Um, there's so many things that are happening in the world um, and that, that we're exposed to. And I'm not sure that anybody ever tells you this or that you understand, but when you are, um, when you have a baby, the baby gets at least 50% of what's in the mom's body in regards to tox toxins that have entered their body throughout a lifetime. So um, your baby isn't coming into this world squeaky clean, never been exposed to a toxin before in their life. Um, they've been exposed to 
a ton just because you were exposed to a ton. And so if they aren't able to process or eliminate those toxins from their body, um, it can put them into a pretty acute or chronic state of illness or dis-ease within their body. So um, that is the main reason, and I've known this since I was um, 22 years old and got um, when I was diagnosed with early menopause and I went through the holistic realm and finding different things about myself and learning about different modalities and all of the different research and work that I do um, is that detoxification is really important um, continual detoxification because we're exposed every day all day long to things that we cannot control and um, if we can um, support our bodies through what we eat what we do and and we will make a world of difference for ourselves um, so with that being said <laughs> I'm hoping that you know somebody um, I'm hoping you actually don't know somebody because I would feel bad because you, you but if you do know somebody who has eczema, know somebody um, struggling with skin issues or fatigue or anything like that, that you have them listen to the podcast, learn about the different, um, you know, autoimmune disease um, diets and different things that I'm going to talk about over the rest of the year so that um, if they feel like that's a, a concern for them, that they can either, one, go a, see a pr practitioner in their area for some electrodermal screening. You certainly can go to the medical profession and have blood work done um, for energy or sorry for allergy testing as well. You can go to your allergist and they can do prick testing on your back. You can go to a dermatologist for the um, you know allergy testing. Like if you go see your allergist, they're going to be checking for like um, you know, I guess more of an anaphylactic type reaction um, for you. And then if you go to your dermatologist, they're going to be doing more of a an, um, an allergy test, but it's going to be more of a long-term test. I had this done last year, hmm, almost a year ago now, and that's going to be more of a topical type exposure where they put it on your skin for several days and not just like 20 minutes. So we're looking at acute versus chronic. Um, and I think that the realization is um, most people do have allergies of some kind. <coughs> um, and if they can just be aware of the things that they would need to avoid, it can make a huge impact on their health. Um, so I'm, I'm super passionate, clearly, about allergies. Um, I'm passionate about allergies and failure to thrive, uh, and I think that doctors can do some pretty amazing things, but I also think they're very limited in their options um, and treatment, and that's pretty much what this PA said to me was, you know, I am very limited in what I can do for you, and I... I am so glad that you are knowledgeable enough and you are familiar and you have a support system of different practitioners that you know that can help your child and help you um, with your health because 
Um, what we can do in a medical facility is not, we just don't have the information that these other people have access to. And what I appreciated about that conversation with her was that she um, acknowledged um, the limitations of the medical um, industry, and but also appreciated the other side, the holistic side of medicine as well, and, and understood that um, they can work together synergistically speaking and give you overall a better a better treatment outcome uh, and that is something that I really hope that the people who listen to my podcast learn from me um, and what was I, I was saying earlier and <laughs> I have a hard time plugging myself but if you live in the you know Twin Cities metro area and you're interested in having um, learning more about electrodermal screening I'm going to be doing some inexpensive scans at uh, a local um, restaurant in town one Saturday a month. We have to figure out the date or Saturday or Sunday for a couple hours where you can sign up and come to, um, it's called Grab a Green in Maple Grove. And I would be there with my uh, EDS machine and I could do a quick scan on you. Um, um, pretty inexpensive, but to give people an, an idea of what electrodermal screening is and what it can do for their health. Um, so I'm super excited about that. It's really interesting because in some ways I was, I had to take, you know, February off and I had to step back from my health coaching business um, in regards to helping people outside of my family because I was literally spending every waking moment trying to help my son trying to find the foods that he can eat, figure out what was happening with him, trying to get him to be able to digest food so that he can grow. And uh, it, it, he was in, you know, watch, trying to get him out of pain. And the one thing, well, I w while I was in it, I was stressed out. I was, I mean, I was doing everything that I could to keep myself balanced. But Anytime a parent is going through, or even uh, anybody is going through with someone they love, or they're sick, it is an extremely hard to stay balanced emotionally. Um, it's, it's, it's really difficult to take care of yourself. I can guarantee you I did not eat as well as I should have last month, but I can tell you I could have eaten a lot worse. Um, but what I am grateful for is all of the learning in the moment. My brain hurt all the time because all I was doing was researching and I've got my laptops going and I'm on my phone Googling this and Googling that and figuring this out and figuring out that and, you know, making taking him to this appointment and to that appointment and to this person, to his acupuncturist and to the chiropractor and to the massage therapist and to his specialist and to his... Um, pediatrician and I'm working on top of that and then I have my other son who I love very very much and he was getting super frustrated last month and he was getting super crabby and he actually got pretty sick with a cold and I'm, he doesn't normally get sick and I'm going what is going on and he is he was um, super moody and super upset and I'm like oh my gosh he is feeling like he's being left out I need to 
I need to pay attention to him and I need to do more with him and so I'm really trying to do all these things and he was struggling a little bit at school and I was you know I'm feeling like oh my gosh I cannot you know I'm trying to be there for you too and uh, so I'm like so I changed up everything and we got him some appointments for um, you know chiropractic and massage therapy and different things and we got some stuff set up at school to help him and I'm doing all this stuff and then <laughs> so and, and and I didn't you know and I'd forgotten to send his water bottle with him a couple days to school and he hadn't said anything about it <laughs> so one night we're sitting in our our living room and my my husband checking his email from and he gets his email from the school and they're like you owe us ten dollars for school lunches and I'm like why on earth would we owe them for school lunches I send the lunch with him every day he's not allowed to eat what they give him for they have for lunch so I don't know why it's written into his paperwork it's been discussed with the principal and the teacher and the staff and everybody knows that he can't have these certain foods and um, because he has some sensitivities to it and it um, affects his behavior and my son's in the living room with us and he just screams at me I had milk because you forgot my water bottle and I'm like yeah I could go to a drinking fountain and he was so mad and like I, I don't think he thought that we would get a bill for the milk that he was drinking at school. He's not supposed to have dairy at school. And there's several reasons he can't have dairy. One, he's lactose intolerant. Number one. Number two, um, I don't like the milk provided at school because it's not organic and there's chemicals and pesticides and all these different things that are in the milk and I just don't see that as being a positive option. Um, and also you know milk really it's controversial and I'm not going to go into it because I think that I just don't see milk as being a super awesome pasteurized milk being a super option uh, in regards to nutrients so with that being said I was like oh well I'm kind of upset <laughs> I was kind of mad at the school for allowing him to have milk when it's written into his paperwork the conversations have been had about why this shouldn't be happening and so I I had to wait till that was Saturday night and so on Friday you know Monday morning I got a moment and I called the school and I'm like hey you know we got this $10 charge and I'm just wondering why we have it spoke to my son about it and he says that he's been having milk and I'm a little confused because I'm pretty sure we've talked about this and, and the lady on the phone was like I completely knew who my son was and she was like he's not supposed to have milk there's no reason why he would be having milk we know we all know he shouldn't have milk um, and so she went and did some research and it turns out that every day at in his classroom his teacher because he's in kindergarten so they get free milk and would ask him Dominic are you having milk today and he'd always have to say no and so I think he was like I'm gonna say yes and so he says the teacher goes are you gonna have milk today and he's like yes I am and she's like I thought you weren't supposed to be having milk and he's like it's okay I can have it 
And she's like, okay. And she let him have the milk for 10 days. He had milk, which during that time frame, he got very sick. He had GI problems. There was all these things going on. And I thought he never said he was having milk. And I just assumed because we had talked about this at the school that he wouldn't be having milk. And so here he had been sick for weeks because he'd been drinking milk at school. And we talked to him about why he shouldn't be having it, but he wants to fit in so badly that he would rather drink milk and be sick and be like everybody else than not drink the milk be <laughs> and not be sick and be different than someone else. And so it was, it was a while, you know, we talked to the school, they apologized, they put in some new, um, they basically <laughs> uh, made it so he isn't going to be able to purchase anything from the lunchroom again, um, which is very helpful and it's going to be great, but then we have to work through this process of how my son feels about that now not being an option, even though it wasn't really an option before, but he was able to work around it. He's a really good problem solver and um, he thought the best way to fit in would be to get the milk, work the system where he could work with people who would let him get the milk, and then he would at least fit in at school, and then we would just deal with the aftermath, he would just deal with the aftermath of being lactose intolerant later. And uh, <laughs> um, he has since figured out the difference, and um, you know, the other thing about my my son is uh, he's six and I don't know if anybody else has this experience or not but my son loves <laughs> to talk about farting uh, he thinks it's hilarious everything's a fart fart this fart that talks about it he'll any word he says fart this fart that and he makes it into a fart and so <laughs> I decided it would be a good idea to um, we could write a report because um, his teacher says that they like to write are starting to work on doing research on different animals they like or different topics that they like and so I said alright well let's do a report a fart report on flagellants let's uh, figure out why the body farts and uh, so <laughs> so we sat down on a Wednesday night and we googled why people fart and we got to learn about how farts happen. That's partly part of digesting food, but it's also part of um, if people are eating too fast, they start they swallow air and that gets into their digestive system and then it has to come out. But it also talks about how people naturally pass gas 30 to 40 times a day because it's just part of the digestive system. And so I don't know that he was super enthralled about having to learn about why people fart. But I thought it was a good opportunity for him to learn a little bit more about how the human body works. <laughs> and also, um, you know what, you know, like any kid his age, if somebody farts in front of them, they go, ew, gross, that's disgusting, you know. And it's really not, you gross that's disgusting and sometimes yes it can smell kind of funny um, but really it's just part of human nature and um, 
I guess I was just trying to teach him a little bit of empathy and the realization that everybody does it. Everybody does it 30 to 40 times a day. So if someone farts, just, you know, they say, excuse me, and we move on with life. Um, it's not necessarily funny, and we don't need to make someone feel bad because they farted. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a natural thing. We don't want people to be holding them in. We don't want people to feel self-conscious because they fart. Because guess what? Everybody does it. So it's kind of that... That thing when you're trying to teach kids, like, yes, I think it's great that he has a good sense of humor and he thinks everything's funny, but I also want to make sure that he's being respectful towards others when things like that happen. I mean, as a kid or even as an adult, there's times when you have to fart and you can't control it. And so that is my digression <laughs> on that. But I thought it was really kind of a fun way to, to, to handle it where we could learn a little bit more about the human body and how it worked. So, um, this week, um, I think that I'm just going to stick with health because health is what my, 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 you know, finding balance and um, sticking to eating healthy and making healthy choices on a general theme is great. But also being aware that you or someone you love may have a food um, intolerance or sensitivity or allergy that could inhibit this particular food from being good for them. So we can talk in general terms in this particular podcast, but um, when I work with clients on a one-on-one -on -one basis, we are working on an individual level. What works for me may not work for you. What works for you may not work for me. And we need to be open to the fact that each individual person needs individual things. There isn't a one-size-fits-all situation. And um, that's what I want people to know. I want people to know that there are children, and there are a lot of children out there with F-Pies and um, food and environmental allergies that are struggling, you know, at a very young age. And the more that we can support their bodies at a young age to be able to get nutrients in. I mean, if you are to have a kid with eczema and you go to the doctor and they prescribe you a steroid and you go home and you put the steroid on your child's body and their eczema goes away, it is not fixing the problem. What it is doing is putting a band-aid over it so you don't see the problem. Um, it's like putting a paper over a hole in the wall. Is the hole in the wall gone? Just because you can't see it? It's not. Um, and so if we can, instead of having that child continually have trouble digesting their food, getting nutrients to their brain and to their body for growing and developing, um, because if they're struggling with that and they're not able to do that, and all you do is take away the one symptom the body is trying to give you to say, Hello, I'm not processing food properly. And if I don't, I'm going to have trouble learning. I'm going to struggle because I'm not going to have my brain working the properly way. And you go, Oh, here's some cream. Oh, that's gone. And then your child continues to not be able to digest food because it's not being worked on, then that's however long it takes for that kid to get past that allergy, or maybe they never do get past that allergy, your body just quits giving you that sign, they're going to be 
um, you know, malnourished in certain ways, and that can affect their learning, their development, how they live the rest of their life. So it's really important that if your kid is struggling or seems to be having a problem with a food, you stop feeding it to them. I cannot tell you how frustrating it is for me as a person who was that kid that continued to eat food, um, had terrible eczema, continued to eat those food, and what it did to my body. I couldn't have children. I was very sick all the time. I have like four autoimmune diseases. And if my parents would have known at a young age that I couldn't have those foods and they had taken them out of my diet, there could have been a big difference in how my life turned out. I am happy with the way my life turned out. I am grateful that I had all of those experiences so I can help other people in those moments. But I want you to know that it is very important that you listen to your body when you have certain things come up it happens because your body is trying to tell you something and you need to listen. And if you don't know how to listen to your body, you need to find a natural practitioner such as myself or an acupuncturist, a, home, you know, a homeopath, a chiropractor, a massage therapist. Uh, I mean, there's a hundred more where that comes from. A naturopathic doctor, a functional medicine doctor. I could go on forever. There are so many options, and um, so I'm going to start, that's basically it. This, this podcast is just basically being a, P a PSA, is food allergies exist, environmentally, environmental allergies exist, and if you don't make a change, it's going to be hard for the future, for your child or for yourself. There's many complications that come along the long road of our lives and our bodies can handle a lot of things but in the end if things don't get changed there can be more acute problems that can arise diabetes heart disease cancer all of those things are all things that can be caused by long-term malnutrition um, due to either environmental allergy, toxicity, and a million other things. So with that being said, I hope that you all have a wonderful week. I hope you um, found some of this information interesting about food allergies. And um, I look forward to talking with you guys next week about um, some more information. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a wonderful week. Again, you can find me at www dot balance dory com. you can re reach me on instagram twitter and facebook at at balance dory and d-o-r-i-a-n-n um, and you can also email me at www dot balance i'm sorry w i'm sorry you can email me at mindbodysoulllc at yahoo.com. Again, upcoming events. I do have an event uh, fundraiser that I'm going to be doing some inexpensive scans at in April. I'll be giving you more information about that in a little um, in a later podcast. Um, I will be up at Grab a Green in Maple Grove one Saturday a month or Sunday, depending on what we decide for our schedules, um, for a couple hours doing some inexpensive scans. And you can always um, 
contact me via email or via my website to schedule a um, health scan with me. Um, I offer many different options in regards to that. It's really fabulous if you're looking to see if you have any food allergies, but it also gives you a really good picture of where your health is at. I can help give you some pointers on how to improve things and schedule a second appointment for follow-up to see how you are doing. Um, I also offer six-month programs along with many other things. Um, so if you would like more information about me, again, we have my website at www dot balance dory d-o-r-i dot com or you can email me at mind body soul llc at yahoo dot com i hope that you have a wonderful week i've probably said that like 600 times but i really do hope you do um may you and your family be blessed with health and wellness thank you for listening see you next week <laughs>